Hello everyone, welcome to the Jokey Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Nathan. Hello. But not Matthew. Unfortunately not, he's, he's not very well. Yeah, he's been a little bit under weather. Yeah, so we're giving him a day off. Yeah, because we're nice it. like that. That's it. Don't rest force his... him to struggle through. Yeah, rest his wee voice. That's it. Be ready to go for next time. Yep. So it's just the two of us, Nathan, this time. Yeah, we can make it if we try. Yep. Had a good week. Yeah, it's been or, good. Or two yeah. weeks, should I say? Yeah, it's um, well, I had a birthday, so Great. I'm the ripe age of 31 now. Ooh. 40 will be around the corner soon enough. But I'm closer to that. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but now, now it's been really good. Yeah, play lots Probably. of games. So yeah. that's what I like to hear. So shall we move on to news then? Let's do it. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with uh, Project Leonardo? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so Sony have announced that they're releasing a new controller. And this is basically, this is taken from, this is excerpts, 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 is that the word? Yeah, that's that word. Yeah, taken, from, right. uh, yeah, taken from uh, PlayStation Blog. It says, uh, it is a highly customizable controller kit that works out of the box to help many players with disabilities play games more easily, more comfortably, and for longer periods. So it's got swappable components, including a variety of analog stick caps and buttons in different shapes and sizes. Uh, you can make it so it has different controller layouts. And it's got the distance of the analog stick from the gamepad can be adjusted. Uh, the, pro, uh, the controller's buttons can be programmed to any supported function, and multiple buttons can be mapped to the same function. Conversely, players can map two functions, like R2 and L2, onto the same button. Have you actually seen a picture of this thing? I have, yeah. Um, from what I can see, it comes in two parts. Um, but it, it does look really good, because I, I think on the one that I'm looking at, it can fit about 10 or so buttons to each. I don't yeah. know what to call it, each so, sphere. Yeah, so I tried to say, so basically, it's like a joystick. Like a proper old school joystick kind of thing, with a disc somewhat attached to it, and then around the edges of the disc are buttons, aren't they? Yeah. It looks proper space age. I think it looks really it cool. Does. It does. Like it looks like, like a UFO. Yeah. I mean, you've got to think this would be quite good for fighting games as well. If you play like Tekken or Mortal yeah. Kombat, might be cool for that. There's some more things here. It says uh, players can store their program button settings as control profiles and easily switch between them by pressing the profile button. Uh, up to three profile control profiles can be stored and accessed by the player from their PS5 control uh, console at any time. Uh, Project Leonardo can be used as a standalone controller or paired with additional Project Leonardo or DualSense wireless controllers. That's pretty neat. So you could have like double whammy. Yeah. Definitely, you've got to you've got to think somebody's going to make an absolutely insane setup and be eldering with it when it's been out yeah. for a week. Yeah. Uh, up to two Project Leonardo controllers uh, uh, and one wireless controller can be used together as a single virtual controller, allowing players to mix and match devices to fit their particular gameplay needs or to play collaboratively with others. Yeah, that's. I, I was just thinking actually, yeah, it might be good for collab, so one person can control one side of it and the other person can control the other. A bit like. Um, Oh, what was that goat game? Goat Simulator? No, the the, <laughs> ca- the goat karting game. You've played it before with your brother. Oh, uh, Supermarket Shriek. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So maybe yeah. it'd act a, it'd act a bit like that. It's, it's, a, it's got an expandable uh, four 3.5mm AUX port to support a variety of external switches and third-party accessibility accessories. Uh, the controller can lie flat and does not need to be held. So players can lay it, lay it on a tabletop or wheelchair tray. 
and it can be secured uh, via an AMPS mount or tripod and can be orientated 360 degrees for the most comfortable use. Ah, it's so fantastic. Also, yeah. You can also program the north orientation on, a, on the analog stick to match the preferred controller orientation. That's really cool. It's it, it does look fantastic. And it's going to open up PlayStation to people that maybe couldn't use it before, which is great. Yeah, I mean, God forbid, if I ever have a terrible accident and it seriously impairs my ability to play games, I'm ha- happy to know that something like this exists, that in some way, shape or form, I'd be able to continue gaming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like with this peripheral, it's caught up a bit with the accessibility settings that we've seen in um, games like Forza and The Last of Us Part Two, um, yeah, think- and a few of the other first party PlayStation games. Yeah, I was just going to say, the, the first part of PlayStation games are really sort of, they're like the catalysts of this now, aren't they? They've, their accessibility options have been great. It's probably since Lost Us Part 2 came out. I think every one that's come out, every first party game that's come out since then, they've really done a lot in terms of accessibility, haven't they? Yeah. And this is just adding to it. So, fair play to Sona. Yeah, definitely. I, I might even look to get it when it comes out, because it's just a different way of playing games and it might even make me better you never know yeah it's like something that i'd probably purchase just to see what it's like yeah i'm just curious by it i'm gonna look forward to seeing people play with that and just see how it is how useful it is for people yeah definitely yeah when it comes out i'm sure we'll see like a lot of videos on youtube and other places just to see what people actually do with it and I know there's going to be gamers out there, like like you said, who's going to be completing Elden Ring with it. And I'll, I'll be like, I can't even do that. So fair play to you. <laughs> if anything, it might make me even better. So, well, I say even better is if I'm good. But, <laughs> yeah. But no, but yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so from one control to another. Um, so as we all know, Google Stadia is being shut down on the 18th of January. Oh, that's, that's, is that, oh. A few days away. Oh, it's the day after this pod releases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of talks gone around about the peripheral side of it, i.e. the controller, and mm. what people are going to do with it. Is it just going to go to e-waste? Um, yeah. I know some people have modded them so you can connect to other things via Bluetooth. Um, but it's come out that, um, well, Google have come out and said that they're going to release a tool next week to enable Bluetooth connections on its Stadia controller. Mm. So this is quite exciting because I thought to myself, right, if I am if I can't use it for Stadia, then at least maybe I could use it for my Switch because yep. I know it's yep. not going to have all the DualSense and touchscreen stuff and maybe even some of the buttons that we need for Xbox, but it's probably a pretty like-for-like controller for your, um, for your Switch. And it'll save you 50 quid maybe having to buy the Pro controller if you've not got one yet. So, so yeah, they basically came out saying that we've not got much, much in terms of details yet, but next week they'll be putting something out to enable us to connect to external devices, i.e. PC or any other Bluetooth-enabled device that we want. So I think that'd be, it's going to be really good. And to be honest, it, it got me thinking that they've handled the death of the Sadia better than they did its life. <laughs> yeah. Just yes, in terms of what they've what they've offered, I mean, they've given everybody refunds, which blew me away. They let everybody keep your Chromecast, your controller, and they've 
they've just done a fantastic job with the way that they've handled the situation. I think. Have you heard the uh, the release of game as well? In the last few days, they released a game. Like it was, it was supposed to be like an internal dev game or something like that. Something called was it Worm Worm, Worm Game? Worm Game. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. It looks a bit like Snake, but with like yes. a, a maze style yeah, thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It did look pretty cool. I've not I've not played it because to be honest, I've not polished the old Stadia off since I knew it was going to be <laughs> dying. But um. When they released this, they did actually put a nice little note with it. Um, they've said it won't be game of the year, but the Stadia team has spent a lot, in caps, of time playing it, and we thought we'd like to share it with you. And then they said, thanks for playing, and thanks for everything. So I thought that was quite a nice little note. Yeah. Oh, what what what, what have they done with this? <laughs> well, I still can't believe how they've messed this whole thing up, though. I, I just don't think people's internet connections are ready for it. Yeah, maybe. Because even I was getting some latency. I mean, my internet connection is not the best. But when I was playing Wreckfest, I was getting like drop frames and it being a bit jaggery at times. I think may, maybe in five, ten years' time, we would have been ready for it and maybe they'll try again. Maybe that's why oh, they're God. doing... Maybe. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> maybe that's why they're doing all this stuff. So it's not... They don't burn the bridge totally. So they can maybe try again in the future. I mean, how much money has been wasted on this anyway? Oh, billions. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing that the most the, the best things that have come out of this, out of buying a stadium, has been getting this controller and now having Bluetooth and getting a Chromecast with it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Free 4K Chromecast. Fantastic. As an actual gaming device, it's been awful. But yeah, yeah. Those two things have been great. Because I use my Chromecast quite a lot now. I oh. like it, yeah. So I've got a lot of use out of that. It's a nice controller though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's got like a nice matte finish to it. And it feels like a quality controller as well. Mm. So it's good to good to see that we can actually do something with it, which yeah. is nice. I'm not quite sure how we use it. Maybe I'll try and boot switch if it works that yeah. way. But... Yeah. But we'll know more about that next week. We'll see what we can use it for. Yeah, if there's any updates, I'm sure we'll discuss about it. Definitely. Shall we uh, talk about a lawsuit? Oh, go on then. We love our lawsuits, don't we? So do you remember back in the day when Cyberpunk launched? And then, of course, it all went to pot. Yeah. Because of the state it came out, came out with. And then um, there was a bunch of investors, weren't there, who launched a lawsuit yeah. against CD Projekt Red. And then it all went quiet because oh, it's been two years now, isn't it? Was it 2020 came out? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And finally, they've settled the lawsuit. And it was estimated that the lawsuit might cost like around eleven million. Do you know how much? Eleven million. That seems quite cheap. Well, do you know how much it actually settled for? I'll 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 put a guess out there. Fifty-five million. Nope. One point eight five million. That's all that was settled. Really? Yeah. They've got off very lightly there. Definitely. Very lightly. I mean, it must have not been big shareholders that have brought the lawsuit then for, for that kind of money. I don't know, yeah. Because it was, it was it the most pre-ordered game in history, I think? Was it something like 8 million pre-orders, something like that? Yeah, some something like that, yeah. And then I think off the back of that, a lot of people probably invested in it, and then when it came out in the state, it did. Yeah. Then, well, the rest is history. Mm. I'm staggered at how, how low that is. That's, that's chump change. Yeah, well, isn't it? Well, there you go. That 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 is it. That is insane. 
I mean, obviously, if it's if it in some ways helped them fix the game faster because they've not had to worry about having to pay this money out, mm. then all power to them. But I just hope they've learned their lesson. Yeah, just don't do this again with your new witches and your new cyberpunk that's going to come along. Just be careful. And I hope this is like a warning to the industry. I'll say that because it's so low. Maybe it's not a warning. <laughs> Maybe it's like, oh, it's it's. It's like, like yeah, we can get away let's with get the game stuff. out. Yeah, because yeah. it's only going to cost us a pittance. Yeah, I don't know. In two minds about that one. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but I mean, definitely they got a slap on the hand, and now they can move on. I I can actually see them learning from it now. I hope they do, because they they are a well respected company for what they do. The games are great. I mean, it took a while for Cyberpunk to become good, but it is good. I'm not going to deny that it is a very good game. I I really enjoy Cyberpunk, mm. but it's inexcusable to launch it in that sort of state. And it's I think I think the main problem was it was the um, the fact that they only gave away like PC codes, didn't they? To oh, review yeah, codes. That's it. Yeah. And hidden away the console versions. That's the thing. It's yeah. deceptive. That was the, I think that was the problem. That's why I'm a bit staggered about the cost of this. Probably cost more in admin and legislation than the actual final fee cost, but mm. yeah. Right, so I don't think there'll be any surprise to this, but we've got a, delay, a game that's been delayed again. Have we now? Have we? <laughs> well, only for the sixth time. Ooh. But you can't guess what it is. I bet I can, but go on. <laughs> it's Skull and Bones. Hey, that game. <laughs> yeah, that one that we're never going to get. Did Probably. it start development in 2013, I think? It was something like that. So yeah. about a decade it's been going now. It's going to be the next Duke Nukem forever. It just feels like it. I mean, I know we've seen... Well, it depends uh, how Beyond Good and Evil too. <laughs> That's currently yeah. the one in, in the lead at the moment. True, true. I mean, I know we've seen... Which, is again, which again is Ubisoft, so... <laughs> yeah, well, who was surprised then? Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen quite a bit of gameplay on it, haven't we? We've had a few showcases that have dived into it a bit. But it's apparently it's gone through like some management issues constantly, and it's they were um, personally I think it would have been canned if it wasn't for this involvement with us. Did you hear about this? But it's it's got its involvement with the Singapore government. They've like yeah, that's it. They've they've put some money behind part, it, partly financed it. Yeah, so they've they've got to get it out. But I don't think anybody knows what it's going to be, what what it is. They don't know what direction to put it. I think they're trying to find an excuse to monetize it. Because it's Ubisoft. Well, that, well, that's it. That's I think for for Ubisoft because we're not going to have another Assassin's Creed for a while. They need to get something out to get well, the money. Well, 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 there's Mirage coming out, isn't there? Is that coming this year? I think so. But uh, that was I'm supposed to be going back to the roots. They keep saying yeah. it's going back to the roots. But I don't means, think I they've had a game out for a good nine months or so. Well, they keep canning games. That's why. Because along with this delay, they they said they cancelled three unannounced games, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think about six months ago they canned a bunch of other things as well. Were they um, was it the Splinter Cell VR game? They canned that as well. Oh yeah, I remember that. There's That'd a, there's be a few, cool. Yeah, there's a few other stuff that they canned at the same time as well. Oh, but have you read um, you know, Eve's Guillermo? Oh CEO? yeah. Have you heard his comments? They've not gone down well with people. What's he said? So he said this. 
This is from Kotaku. He's put, uh, in an email sent to employees on Wednesday and viewed by Kotaku, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillermo said these delays had weighed on our costs and decreased our associated revenues. Today, more than ever, I need, this is to his employees, today more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success, he wrote. I am also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. Guillermo also urged staff to deliver what he called the biggest pipeline in Ubisoft history. Is that true? (laughs) I don't know about that one, but... But he wrote, the ball is in your court to deliver this line up on time and at the expected level of quality and show everyone that we are capable of achieving. So he's blaming no. the employees. Yeah, then. so he's blaming everyone else below him. I, I, I have to say, I really don't like him. I've not liked no. him for a long time. I mean, he's supposed to be the person that's running the company. Well, remember, Ubisoft was part of this whole, you know, the Scan. movement. Yeah. Yeah. And he allowed it all. So, you know, and now he's blaming employees for... Ubisoft having a financial well calamity this past year. Yeah. Blame him. <laughs> it's his fault. Well, apparently most of the people on the board at Ubisoft are all part of the same family. Yes. Yeah. In regards to this skull and bones thing, it says um, apparently it's being delayed until the 2024 fiscal year. So that could be anywhere between April the 1st this year and March the 31st next year. <laughs> That's a pretty big window. Blooming heck. And it, and it was supposed to be coming out this year. So 2024. The thing is, though, how far away can it be? Because we've seen gameplay. But again, they only showed us what, what they wanted us to yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. But then, remember, they, uh, they had all those... Um, well, the streamers. Streamers, yeah. yeah. Saying, oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Liars. How much were they paid? Shills. Yeah. Deary me. But there's no, there's no like... Um, you're not a pirate, are you? You're, you're a ship, basically. Yeah. That's where it is, isn't it? You, you, you don't have like swashbuckling adventures with your swords and all that, do you? And I think that's it's, what it's more about it. the traveling and then the combat side of it, ship combat, rather than something like and PvP. Sea of Thieves. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That could be one of the biggest disappointments. I think it, I think it could be good. But... Yeah, definitely. If they did it right, it could be great. But it's one, it's Ubisoft. <laughs> and two, it's Ubisoft, so, <laughs> so I just yeah, I just, just, I just don't, don't, don't fill you with confidence, does it? It's, yeah, uh, do But anyway, it's probably never going to come out anyway. I expect us down the line to be announcing there's another delay anyway. So. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's going to be coming to you 2026. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've not seen this yet, but from what I'm hearing, The Last of Us HBO TV show is looking pretty good. Yeah, I've tried, obviously, to avoid anything about the actual story, but I've heard it's been received rather well. Yeah. Is it something like the highest Rotten Tomatoes video game adaptation? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. A lot, A lot of blogs have come out and said it's basically the outlier and it's saved video game TV shows, as if we've not had any good ones. I mean, obviously, we have the Cyberpunk Adrenalist one, which I thought were really good. And we've had a few decent I, things I in there. Maybe they're talking about live action. Ah, yeah, probably. Which is fair enough. But no, that's good. It's good to know because it, it's it's Sunday tonight, isn't it? Well, at time of recording, it's it will be tonight that it comes out. Yeah. Now we can actually. So by the next watch episode, it. yeah. So by the next episode, we'll have watched well two episodes probably. Yeah. I can't wait for it. I mean, I know a few people have, um, have panned it up until this point a bit due to the actors that they've chosen but for me i I don't care who they choose i don't care the likeness of 
the game characters as long as they do a good job. Um, I mean, all I need to know is that right, it's got Pedro Pascal, who I know is great. I've seen plenty of other things. He's great. Bella Ramsey, I've only ever seen him in um, Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. Yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones, but I've seen interviews with her and she comes across really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing her doing that. Yeah. Uh, it's the showrunner, Craig, Craig Mazin, is it? I've got that wrong. Yeah, he did um, Chernobyl. Yes, and that's a fantastic. It's a fantastic, yeah. That was an incredible show. So, okay. And then you've got Neil Druckmann, who did the game. It was, I mean, it's just like... That's it. I mean, we've got... I think, it, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, definitely. It'll be fine. I can't, I can't wait to watch it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Been looking forward to it for the last few months, actually. But hmm. now it's time. Yeah. So, I guess we'll, yeah. we'll be discussing that more next time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just another thing on that. Have you seen the mod that's been done for Bella Ramsey to put her into The Last of Us? No, I've not seen that. Yeah, that it, does look, it does look quite good, actually. Um, if you get a chance, just um, just Google it and have a look. Um, it it does some side-by-sides um, yeah. of the current game and the one where they've um, the community's modded her, her face over Ellie. And it does look fairly close in some aspects. Mm. So you think they're not too far off. <laughs> See, they know what they're doing. That's it. I don't know why there were so many complaints when they started. You'd, when they you'd think these people do this for a living. <laughs> yeah. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so one last bit of news from me. So we're going to be getting an Xbox and Bethesda showcase at the end of this month on the 25th of January. Uh, so in early indications, um, they've confirmed we're going to be getting news on Redfall, Minecraft Legends, The Elder Scrolls Online, and also... Well, we're not going to be getting Starfield, but Starfield's going to be getting its own thing. So we'll wait on that. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Microsoft and Xbox and Bethesda's going to do. They're not particular games I'm interested in. Mm. But I guess they can convince me if they show me a bit more about it. Well, that's it. I mean, there might, there might be a few more things that they'll show off because a lot of, a lot of um, there's a lot of backlash for Xbox. So they've not really launched any well, enough games, especially exclusives last year. Because, yeah, like, obviously Game Pass is fantastic and they brought a lot to it for free, but they didn't really push those exclusive titles. But I, w- I wasn't under the guise that they were going to push too much first party this fast because they obviously they've done the acquisitions over the last couple of years. But, yeah, yeah. again, that takes time to come to fruition. Yeah, it's playing the long game. Yeah, that's it, definitely. But I'll be looking forward to see what they do, because I'll be honest, I do I do try and play my Series X when I can, but it's gathering a bit of dust. So yeah, it's kind of same. Yeah. It's like every now and again I'll go back on for like Forza or Flight Simulator. Yeah, they're pretty much the things, the main things that I'll go on and play. Everything else just kind of, I've, I've not really got anything else that I really want to play on it. Mm. That's the thing. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Because it's a it's a good console. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is a great console. It's just there's just not much to really push it so far yet, is there? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, once we see the showcase, they'll they'll give us something good. Is did they say that Starfield coming out this year? It should be yes, because it was yeah. it was delayed from last just because it was supposed to come out just before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then delayed it to I think it's supposed to be first half this year. I mean, I am looking forward to, to Starfield. That is the one thing that I am really looking forward to. Yeah. But it did look, look quite good. 
Yeah, I do want to see a bit more of it though. Because I, I was a bit worried about parts of it, you know, when they did that extended showcase thing. Yeah. Last yeah. time. It's like they had crafting. And I just. Uh, I think everyone crafting, makes that crafting. parallel to No Man's Sky when you, when you see yeah. them with that laser just like getting yeah. materials and stuff. It's like, oh. And I'm just not interested in that life. So no. I'm hoping that's not too big of a thing. They said it's going to be an RPG, but. Yeah. But there were some cool things. There was like, you know, the, the modding the ship and all that. And, yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I enjoyed the combat aspect of it. I just like storming into buildings, clearing mm-hmm. things out, and yeah, trying not to die. Yeah, I'm sure that for was... the most part it's going to be good. But I just want to see a bit more of it. But yeah. that is that is the next thing that I was like, oh, maybe this is the thing that's going to get me playing my Xbox again. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them games that you can easily sink. Well, I don't know yet, but you could probably easily sink more than 200 hours into. Oh yeah, which... if, it's anything, if it's anything like Skyrim or anything. Yeah, that's what I'm comparing it to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is scary, because when I was playing Skyrim, I'd only just started my, in air quotes, big boy job. And <laughs> and I had a bit more time then, but yeah. But now if people say there's like three, 400 hours worth of content, it worries me. Like I'm never going to be able to experience all that because I've just not got the time. So Yeah, that is the thing, isn't it? It's just, <sighs> I just wish, I want more games to have like an end point. It's nice yeah. to have a game that has a start, middle and an end. Because when you got these 300 hour games or whatever, and then you get like multiple ones in a year, it's like, how am I supposed to get through all these games in a year? It's just like, that's am it. I supposed to just have one game a year? Is that it? Is that yeah, what I'm supposed all, to dedicate? That's all we need, Mark. Yeah. So is this one year we're just going to be entirely dedicated to Starfield? Yeah. It's the year of Starfield. Yeah. The backlog. I said it before, I can't wait till retirement. I'll just go through all the backlog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, my luck when I get to retirement, bit rot. I'll have set in and it'll look like bricked all my games. <laughs> all servers shut down. Can't play them anymore. <laughs> oh no, don't don't say that. It's probably going to be true as well, though. Definitely with the newer games, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Physical for the win. That's hundred percent. I I couldn't believe that stat. Was it 90... 90, 90, 94.2 Yeah. Digital sales. Yeah. But I think that's because we've been forced into it most. Because when you think about it, a lot. Well, as I mentioned, that a lot of times you just get codes and cases and that, don't you? Yeah. Well, even if you buy a collector's edition, I think we got a war, wasn't it? You got a code in a box. Yeah. But then you also think about the wide variety of games that are coming out, like indie games. A lot of indies yeah. aren't going to come out of this, are they? No. So... Well, you're never going to get My Name is Mayo. Yeah, exactly. Collector's <laughs> can you, edition can you imagine? <laughs> Free Jar Mayo with it. I. I... That's pretty good novelty, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's it. People would buy it. I'd buy it, honestly. Yeah. Keep the jar of mayo. Anyway, that's, I think that's it for the news. Yeah. So shall we move on to what we currently play? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, shall I start? Yeah, do the honours. Okay. So, you know, I got a Nintendo Switch. which shocked you both. Shocked the world. Yeah. Not just us both. Yeah. Now, I've not played anything massive on it at the moment. Well, apart from the, the games I mentioned last time. Yeah. But um, I play, what was it? I, I, I can't even, I actually forgot the name of the game. It's like <laughs> something classics or something. But basically, it's a it's a, it's a a vo- two volumes of games where they're like really simple games. So you've got like battleships, word searchers, tic-tac-toe, or, oh, yeah. you know, um, Nords and Crosses, crosses. As, we, as we call yeah. it here. But I've become obsessed with playing Mahjong on it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a fun game, though. It's relaxing as well. 
yeah so if anybody doesn't know mahjong basically you've it's uh is it japanese i think it's japanese isn't it yeah a japanese board game where it's got a load of tiles with uh symbols on them and working from the outside in generally i think you have to basically pair them up and then you just remove the pairs and then you end up with everything off the board and that's it that's all it is really and i've just become obsessed with it it's just like when i've got like five ten minutes yeah i'll just go on the mahjong I didn't really buy the Switch for that sort of thing, but there we go. That's that's what it's become for the moment. But I'm sure I'll find bigger games for that. But yeah, that's just one thing that I've become obsessed with. And then I also mentioned last time I went on the Cowabunga collection. Teenage Mutant oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles. So me and my brother have now gone through another game on that, and that's Turtles in Time, which I don't... I think I only might have played like the first level mm. before. I'd never got anywhere. Much like when I played the original in the arcade, I never really got anywhere in that one. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's 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 okay. I think I actually prefer the first one then. I think the first one was better. But basically, in this one, uh, you it's it's the same sort of style, the side scrolling, beat 'em up kind of thing, with the Foot Clan and all that. But um, there's a few like new moves you can run and charge into people in this one, and yeah. you can throw people towards the camera. That's pretty fun. But in this, uh, Shredder somehow is able to send you back in time and then you end up fighting these random spaces in time so you end up in some you end up in like the dinosaur age fighting the foot clan there i don't know how the foot clan got there but there you go so you end up fighting them there then you go into some like the cowboy area era so you're fighting on the train and it's just it's just a bit random but you just keep going back in time for these few levels yeah and then you end up in the techno drum as usual, fighting Shredder and all that. Uh, that's that's turtles, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. I'd like to play the um, you know, the proper fighting games that are on it. Oh yeah. Coming up the corner, you know, the one on ones. Mm. I've never played them, so I've been intrigued by that. Well, funnily enough, I've actually bought it off of what Ooh, you said you? in the last podcast. I've not opened it yet because when normally when I have a birthday, I ask people for games. Because obviously games are expensive, and I'd be like, right, you can buy me that one, you can buy me that one. And I asked Lisa to get me um, the Cowboy collection, so I'll be cracking into that shortly, I think. Mm, it is good fun. Yeah, it is really good fun. It's nice, nice little bit of nostalgia. And you can play mm. with people as well. Yeah. And they're very sure that you can probably, you can probably, well, those two that I've played, you could probably complete it in about half an hour, 40 minutes, oh, if that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Just have to be good. That's the only thing, and I'm not very good at like beat 'em up style games. So we'll, we'll see how well, that goes. Well, this this kind of works in the same way as those um, arcade machines where you can just keep pressing to continue. Put, yeah, then, keep putting. Yeah, yeah keep putting. You essentially, if you press the options button, you keep putting credits in. Okay. Yeah. So you can just mash it. <laughs> That's it. You'll never die. Die. So yeah, I won't worry about it. Like in the arcade, you'd have spent like 170 quid, but. Yeah. It is amazing, like, well, as you're playing it, you, you're realising just how much you are dying. And it's in your head, you're just thinking, if I was playing this in the arcade, I'd be, like, out of pocket. <laughs> Bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be empty. Uh, okay, so I've played another game. And that's, this one was on PS Plus, I believe, a few months ago. And that's uh, Heavenly Bodies. I actually downloaded that because it mm. did look quite interesting. I've not played it yet, though. How was yeah. it? Yeah. So this is basically a physics-based puzzle game set in space. So you play an astronaut on board a space station, 
and you have to complete a series of tasks to ensure the safe running of the ship as well as like conducting scientific experiments so i was playing this co-op with my brother now it is just local co-op but if you play it over share play you can play it together okay so so we did that so we had two astronauts and i would i would kind of encourage you to play it that way because uh, coordination can be quite key and this is because matters are complicated by the manner in which you control your astronaut so each analog stick moves their arm so each arm is independent so left analog stock stock left analog stick is left arm right analog stick right arm and you have to grab things with either l2 or r2 okay and you also whilst you're doing this you also have to fight against the zero gravity that's always fun to go around yeah to like so you're like floating through the ship um so for example in like the first level you've got to get out of so you dock with this with the space station and then you've got to float out of it then you've got to pull you, you at the beginning of each level you get like a manual of like your task that you have to achieve in that level mm-hmm. so you have to go to a machine you have to like pull this paperwork out and then read the manual and so you have to like slide open doors by like sliding them apart and when you when you're doing this independently and all this it's it can be quite annoying occasionally shall we say but basically you just go through the spaceship and then we had to um fix this solar array so you have to like get this crank thing and then whack it into a hole and then you have to like spin the analog stick around to get your person to move their arm oh, around yeah. like that <laughs> and it sometimes you know when you get it it's like yeah this is great and then when you can't get it it becomes really infuriating <laughs> um but we we actually managed to complete it i think there's seven levels okay i think they roughly took us around 40 40 minutes although one of them took us nearly an hour to complete because that was just incredibly annoying but uh we were almost defeated towards the end by the most ridiculous part of the game and that was to climb a ladder (laughs) okay just climb a ladder that's all we had to do and do so you have to like grab a rung and then you've got to grab the other room you know above it and pull yourself up obviously um but the controls are so crazy that you just end up flailing your arms around like a lunatic mm-hmm. and you'll like outstretch your arm and it would just it would like just short of the rung so you have to flick the analog stick around again to see if you can get like some sort of momentum <laughs> to grab it and you end up in this perpetual state of like windmilling your arms erratically to desperately try and reach it and between us, it took us nearly about like it was either half an hour or forty minutes just to climb this ladder. ladder. That's it. So I had to wait for my brother to get up this ladder before I could even attempt it. Oh, and it man. took him ages. So I'm just sat there, just going, mm-hmm. and then he managed to get up eventually. And then it took me ages to get up there as well. And I, be, I came so close to rage quitting because it was just so annoying. It really was. Do you think uh, the zero G part of it is just hard for hard sake, just to kind of extend the length of the game? Um, no, actually, I don't think there's, there's, I don't think that's the worst part. It's, it's the whole grabbing and moving things about, because there's bits where you have to like flick switches. And it's bits where if you're, well, the zero gravity doesn't help, but if you just grab the switch, you need some sort of momentum to be able to push it. Yeah. And obviously, if you're just floating, you you can't do that. So you're just like going 
<laughs> so you have to, punch it. Yeah, so you just have to grab like part of the wall and then try and push it. And it's it's things like that where you you're trying to move both analogs in different certain directions to try and get them to do something. And it can be quite difficult at times. And it, you you will get angry at points. You will. It just is. But I don't think I want to play this for Lisa. Well, yeah, you can play it on your own. Uh, I don't know how successful you might be. It's yeah, it might be easy on your own. I don't know. I don't know. But we played it two player. But we we did eventually complete it after our torment with the ladder. Um, but I'm vowing never to play it again due to, for my sanity. To be honest, <laughs> uninstalled it. It's like I'm done, I'm done with it. It was good. I did enjoy it. I would encourage yeah. people to play it. But I, I'm I'm done with it now. I can't go through that again. Uh, but I played one final game, and I, I don't you have you played this? I'm not sure if you, you might have played it, and that's uh, Sifu. I've not played it yet. I've been waiting for it to get to a certain price before I went for it. Okay, so at the so at the start there is a prologue where something tragic happens in a martial arts school, and it's witnessed by a young boy or girl. You can actually choose. Okay. And then the game jumps into the future. And the main game begins where you are this child and you have been martial arts training for the past eight years. And now you're 20 years old. And this is basically a story of vengeance. And you set out to find and kill five people who were involved in this incident you witnessed. That's a bit like Kill Bill. Mm. So each of these five people have got like their own thing going on now. And they're located in five hideouts. Okay, and you have to go and fight the people in those hideouts. So they've got they've each got like a gang now, and you have to go through them, fight them, and then at the end of each level, it culminates in a boss battle with this gang person. And uh, there's like always two stages to the boss fight. So basically, it's like a martial arts combat game. Martial arts beat uh, beat them up. So you've got like. Uh, Light attacks, so there's like quick punches. Uh, heavy attacks, which deal more damage, but they're, they're a bit slow. You parry, dodge, that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I, I was a big fan of the sidestepping dodge most of the time. That's what I did most of the time. Because I had difficulty actually parrying. Okay. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, but you mostly have like a number of enemies fighting you at once. And you, you have to use like basically the environment to your advantage to avoid getting surrounded so you can jump over like tables and chairs and things like that just to get out of the way and give yourself a bit more space that kind of thing and the environments are all littered with like things you can use as weapons so you've got like bow staffs bottles knives bricks all sorts of things that you can just pick up and grab now the thing about this game is that it has this mechanism because you have you are the in possession of a thing of this talisman right and this talisman, it's it grants resurrection upon death. Okay. But when you do, your character will age. So it's made up of five discs, and after each decade, the disc will break. So so you start the game at twenty. Mm-hmm. Say if you reach age thirty, the first disc will break. And then when you reach forty, the second disc will break, etc. Uh, but any deaths post the age of seventy, that's it, game over. So that's when the final disc will break after the 70 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, as part of this, you also have something called a death counter. So 
and it's important to keep an eye on this as you're playing. So, for example, on your first death in the game, you will increase age a year. So you'll go from age 20 to age 21. Now, if you die again, your death counter will go up to two. But what that means is that you will now age by two years. So, right, okay. so now you will go from 21 to 23 and so forth. So if you die again, you will go from 23 to 26 and it exponentially grows. Um, so if you're not careful, you can like rapidly age in a short span of time if you keep dying in like the same place, etc. Um, there is a hub world. Well, I won't say a hub world, but there's like a hub thing. So you have this, um, basically you reside in this this uh, martial arts school. Is it Wuzhan, I think it's called? Wuhan, Wuzhan, ah, oh, no, something like that. And basically you, you have, you can like, you can do, there's training exercises as well. So you can, if you want to test your skills against people, you can do this training exercise. Uh, but it's also got a notice board. So in each level, you can pick things up and they will go up on your notice board. And basically, it's just a bit of backstory about each character and things like that. So there's a bit of exploration as you're going around fighting people as well to pick things up. And I think, I think there's trophies for that as well. As you're going through the levels, you will come across these shrines. There's like small green shrine things. And you use these to gain rewards and unlocks based on a series of criteria. So these are based on your current age. Uh, your score and the XP you've gained. So there's there's three perks under each one of those, but you can only pick one perk overall at each shrine, Assu- assuming you fit any of those criteria. Yeah. So if you if you've got a certain amount of XP, you could get this. If you're below this age, you could get this. Body bad blah. And then you also also got a skill tree. So here you use your XP to unlock special moves that you can pull off during fights. So in a fight, you you accumulate something called focus, and once this is achieved, you can like briefly slow down time, and like focus on a specific body part, and then you can pull off as like a special move. And if you spend, if you essentially buy a per a, a, a move five times, it becomes a permanent unlock, because if you die after buying one, you'll lose that perk. Right. You've also got dialogue cho- choices in some areas. So you'll go into some areas and then, I don't know, somebody might ask you a question and then you just respond. And and if you choose certain ones, you can avoid combat in certain areas. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I obviously just went and said the most antagonistic thing <laughs> <laughs> just to provoke a scrap. Because <laughs> it was just more fun that way. It is difficult. It is difficult. I mean, it's it's that was one of the things that kind of put me off playing this earlier. Yeah. Is the difficulty of it. So... I started off and I managed to get to the first boss. So, so I think, so obviously I started age 20 and then I think by the time I got to around the boss, I was like 40 at that point. And then the boss just absolutely kicked my ass and I just died game over. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I could do this because I wasn't even close to like beating him. Right. It was proper whooping me. Thankfully, uh, there was an update, uh, I think it was a few months ago now, but um, they've now introduced other difficulties because originally it was just one difficulty. And now there is an easier option. So, of course, I went on that. And I still were having a few issues. (laughs) But together with the difficulty, 
there is also modifiers that you can apply as well. So it's, I think it's it's called student, the the easy mode. And if you've got that mode on, you can apply a bunch of modifiers. Like um, if you there are certain enemies you might come across where if you defeat them, they will drop your they will drop an age uh, one year of age off you, which is not something that happens in like the main game. Yeah. So you're not always worried about going up. And then there's other ones where, uh, when basically the death counter doesn't exist. So every time you die, you will only go up one year constantly. Unless it's just a really nice option. Makes, to have. It, makes it a lot easier, yeah. So I ended up actually completing the game in one sitting. Oh. Because I just really got into it. Because um, I know there's going to be people out there who's be saying, "Oh, that's not how you play the game. You're supposed to go down on the hard difficulty. And that's you know, you're supposed to have all these aging and all that." It's like, yeah, I tried it that way. It wasn't for me. I'm not that good at games, so I just I just changed it to I put these options on, and I had a really good time with it. It was actually really enjoyable once once you figure it out and all that and. The age mechanism, you know, it works. You can also you can switch some of the modifiers off if you find it too easy or whatever. That's, that's fine. But I'd, I'd say when it came to the final boss, that was... Whew, whew. It was it was weird because I was like... I spent most of the game like being able to stay under the age of 25. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly when it got to the to the final, final boss, it's like, you're going up to like the age of 50. <laughs> Even though I'm playing all on easy and all modifiers and all that. But I, I did finish it. But no, I... If if you are worried about the difficulty, if you just whack it on easy, put the modifiers on if you need them. It's it's a really good enjoyable game. It's, it's, I mean it's and it's it's not long. It's there's there's only five levels. You could probably complete them in about forty five minutes each, something like that. So in about four and a half five hours, I, I managed to do it in one sitting. Yeah. But no, I I really good. It, I'm I'm glad that I, I managed to play it to completion. Because yeah. I, wa- I was worried I was going to start and just hate it. That's it. After you've been beaten, you'd be like, I've sod this and leave it on the pile. Yeah, because but... I, mar- yeah, I love martial arts and I love martial arts films. And I loved the look of this game and how you play it. And I- But I was worried when as soon as I heard, oh, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I think it's good that you tried it in its purest form and had that experience. Yeah. And then the you had the option to dial it back. Yeah. And then actually enjoy it fully a lot more. So. Yeah, because I, I did give it a shot as it was initially, and you know what, I, I managed to get to the first boss in the first level, so I'm quite proud of that. Because I'm, I'm not very good at this sort of stuff, you know, these sorts of roguelike games. Yeah. Just like, not really for me, but I tried and enjoyed it. But there we go. So, oh, but one thing is that um, when you have a game over, it's, it turns out it's not actually game over, game over. It's just. Um, it just puts you back in the hub, and then you just have to restart that hideout. Okay. So, if you're worried about saying get to the fifth level and then proper game over, you won't suddenly have to start the game again. It's oh, just, that's you'll, good. Have to, you'll just have to start that hideout again. Yeah. When so, you go into the hideout, do you start at the age of twenty again? Uh, no, you'll remain at the age you were when you finished the last one. Right. Okay. But when you start the game, you'll be age twenty. But it's, it's nice that um, as you go through each level, it, you you come back to the hub a bit, and like a new little area of the hub opens up. There's nothing any particularly useful there. It's just a nice little area. So you like you'll be you'll come back and you'll be in the garden for one of them, or you'll be like in a little bedroom or the kitchen in another one. It's just nice. 
But when you complete the game, it shuts all them off again, <laughs> which I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, weird. I think it goes back to reverting as if you were starting the game again. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. A bit. But no, I I, I really liked it. And uh, I only encourage people to give it a shot, even if you don't think you're very good at those sorts of games. Just just whack it on easy and put the modifiers on. You'll have a whale of a time. I did. So what, Nath? What have you been playing? Yes. So firstly, um, we went to a log cabin this week, which was absolutely lovely. We had hot tub and everything. It was wonderful. Nice. But in addition to that, we had an arcade cabinet in the corner, which Ooh. was fantastic because it was loaded with about 3,000 games and it was great looking through them all and seeing what so they had to offer. So you never went well, We did go out, but not that much. <laughs> so I I played a few of the games that I, I know and enjoy. And one of the games was Sonic the Hedgehog, just OG Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course. And I absolutely embarrassed myself. I couldn't even get past the first Green Hill section of the game because... It played the arcade version, which you only get one minute to complete right. each level. Which, if you play the Mega Drive version, you do get a lot more time than that. Mm. So, it is literally all about speed. You've got to get through as much as you can. And I, I got to the third level in the Green Hill section, and I could not complete that for the life of me. I only just did the second level. The most disappointing experience of my life. Of your life? Yeah. Well. I never thought that I'd have trouble getting through that bit, but I did. So. Well, I don't think we're used to these retro games again now, are we? That's the thing. Just you, you, As a young man, you would have done... You would, Well, you are young compared to me. But <laughs> back in the older days, you would have got through that easily. It's just times have changed. You're not used to it now. So, yeah. But I mean, it, it worked good. And it really, like, hit home, like, Sonic is all about speed. And that's what it yeah. would have been when you were playing it in the arcades. Just going mm. as quickly as possible, trying to get through. But, I don't think I ever played Sonic in arcades. Yeah. I just don't remember it, anyway. Um, but there was that. I also played Virtuous Tennis. I hey. really enjoyed Virtuous Tennis. Even though the characters look like they've had skin grafts. But <laughs> <laughs> that's something else entirely. But, yeah, played that, loved it. There were... What else did I play? I played Mortal Kombat. There was one Soul Calibur game on there. Love Soul Calibur, so played that. And Virtua Fighter for the Mega Drive. Oh, wow, you found that. Yeah. Good that was that was pretty good. I the only I've never played it before because I played the Saturn versions mm. and the PS2 versions, but I've never played any any of the other ones. But yeah, that was cool. And I also played Golden Axe, but. We can get up to that at another point. Yeah. So, yeah, so played on that. That was good. Um, I also took my Switch with me. Uh, so in between relaxing, drinking, hot tub and what else, I um, played Pokemon Scarlet. So I continued playing that for a bit. So where I left off is I was at this lighthouse. I got given the legendary and I was off from there. And basically I met up with like the school um kind of prefect person and she enrolled me in the pokemon school and i okay. did that and spoke to a load of people at the pokemon school i didn't actually do any lessons which i, th- I think you can but i i just want to get into the game and 
explore and catch Pokemon and stuff. Of course. So I did what I needed to do in there. I spoke to the people I needed to speak to, and that opened up a few paths to me. So the first path was I can go and challenge these gym leaders, or if you're not played Pokemon, it's like basically a boss within the Pokemon world that you have to go and challenge and beat them in order okay. to move on. Um, another quest was I needed to collect these ingredients to make the world's best sandwich. Which, so yeah. what's in the world's best sandwich then? Well, um, it's five herbs. And before I get access to the herb, I need to beat these what are called um, Titan Pokemon. And then because they're guarding the herbs that this person needs to make the world's best sandwich. So, and this person got... That's just so the world's best sandwich is just five herbs. Herbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Seems like it. Um, so that's like another quest I've got. So basically, as you talk to these people, it fills up your map. So I got eight people that I need to challenge, like bosses to get the gyms. And then I've got these five Titan Pokemon I need to go and find in the map as well. And then there's like other little challenges that you've got to do. Right. But it was nice because once you've done the school bit and you've spoken to people, you get given your quests then really you can go wherever you want, which is very different for a Pokemon game because normally you're on a linear route and you've got to just go in that direction and you can't really do anything that you want. But in this one, it's totally different in that way, which is good, which is great. Is this how you'd like to see the future of the games then? Yeah, I'd say uh, so because there are more choice and you don't have to go in one direction. You can go and challenge all the gym leaders and do that, but you can also... in tandem go and fight the um, titan pokemon as well so if you're close to them you can do a couple of things at once which is what, what i ended up doing mm. but there's one thing that i managed to do your pokemon that you ride on because you can ride on a pokemon and traverse the world you can jump now what I, one thing i managed to do was jump onto this section which i think was a few sections beyond where i should have gone but i think i exploited something to get across there and there were these really high level Pokemon and I was catching them all. And if you play Pokemon before, if they're a certain level and you've not like beaten the gym leader to get the badge to control that Pokemon, they don't listen to you because right. they, they're they're beyond you. So that's one one of the ways that they try and rubber band you from catching really powerful Pokemon. Because if you've not got to that point of the game, then you can't use them. Yeah. But what I was doing is using catching those Pokemon and using it to farm XP to get my Pokemon to higher levels. Because if you yeah. if you defeat a Pokemon or faint it, you get XP. And if you catch one, you get XP as well. So I was basically in that area catching these powerful Pokemon. My Pokemon were like going up three levels at a time. It was fantastic. And <laughs> so I, after I did that, I decided to say, right, let, let's go on my journey because I'm high, high level now. And I decided to go to this gym leader that was fairly close to me and challenge them and subsequently i found out that it i'd actually skipped one gym leader and gone straight to the second gym all oh, right so okay. yeah that happened so i went to a city called artisan and um the gym leader was called um brassius, brassius. They've, all, they've always got weird names but um one kind of different thing to this game is that before you go and challenge the gym lead, you, they give you a challenge to do. And basically, I had to go around the city of Artisan and catch these Pokemon called Sunflora. I had to catch, te- I had to get 10 of them and then 
basically put them into this paddock and then because I'd found 10 of them, then he let me challenge him. So, right. But, but um, the thing about that was he was the grass gym leader. So they all have certain types that they specialize in. This one was grass. But I picked the water starter. So basically water's weak against grass. But luckily um, I managed to catch a fairly high level fire type Pokemon and absolutely sweeped his team. So that was fantastic. Got them out of me. And then I went onto my map and said, right, what am I going to do next? Because what I, before I started, I was like, right, I'm just going to go for the gym badges and just do what I normally do. But I thought, oh, there looks to be a Titan Pokemon there. Let's let's go and see what that's all about. So it was like this little crab creature. Well, I say little, it was bloody massive. It was this crab creature called... Um, um, Chloe McClawface. <laughs> do, do, do you know what? You're not too far off. It's called Clough. Clough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So basically, I went and found this giant cloth, battled it, and then after I battled it, the person that needed me to get this herb for him went into the cave, got the herb, and he made me a sandwich. Nice. And then I had the option to say, do do I want to eat the sandwich or give it to my Pokemon? And me being the selfless person that I am, I gave it to my Pokemon. Yeah. But only that's because, not that's not the excellence I expected. But only because I want to power them up so that they're stronger for. The battles to come. So, yeah. I like it's not really going to help if I eat the sandwich. So I may as well just give it to my Pokemon to make them stronger. So, if I if I do any more of them Titans, the Pokemon are always going to get the sandwiches. So, yeah. But this this uh, this game is very food based because unlike other Pokemon games, this is different like street vendors. So you can go to buy ice cream and it does like this little cutscene where all your Pokemon eat this ice cream. And it's the same with sandwiches. You can get yourself like an egg mayo sandwich. Honestly, Matt, I'd love it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that that was different. And you know, the food looks fairly nice. I don't know what it is about, like, animated food, but it just looks absolutely delicious and makes you so hungry. At least it does for B anyway. Well, I guess we're just going to wait for the Pokemon cookbook to come out then. Because that's, that's the gaming thing nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. Everything's got a cookbook. I think I got Lisa the Tomb Raider cookbook for Christmas last year. Not being chauvinistic, she actually wanted it. So, but anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, that's where I am. I'm just outside my second gym now, so I've managed to like travel to the next area. Um, any Pokemon that I've come across, I've caught it. So I'm trying to like complete the Pokedex. So every Pokemon game, you've got basically 200 or 100 or 50 or so Pokemon that you've got to collect. And I'm trying to do that as I go. But in this game, there are a thousand Pokemon now, so... A thousand? <laughs> yeah, there's a thousand Pokemon. Jeez. So, question, because, you know, I know nothing about Pokemon. So, do you get this... In each game, do you end up having the same Pokemon as the previous ones? Or it's just like, does every game just have completely new Pokemon? So, so every game, I'll carry some Pokemon over from the previous games, but it'll have new Pokemon in its generation that were not on any of the previous ones. Right. But this is one of the reasons why they bring out two games, because they split the Pokemon up between the games, so you have to kind of trade them and actually know somebody with the other game. So. You mean money-grabbing technique? That's what. That's all it is. Um, I like to think it promotes collaboration and <laughs> money-grabbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but what, what there is, there's the Pokemon bank, and what you can do is transfer the Pokemon that you've caught on other games into this bank location. It's like an app that you can use. Right. And then you can transfer them into your latest game. So you don't have to kind of recatch everything again from your previous okay. games. So right. they brought that out, obviously, with a monthly fee. 
<laughs> should have known that. Uh, but yeah, there is that. It's an option. And that goes back to, well, there are ways of transferring your Pokemon forward from the Game Boy Advance games onwards. Oh, OK. Um, so basically, the way that you do it for your Game Boy Advance games, you'd have to transfer it to your DS game. But you've got to have a DS that's an original DS, Joe, that's got a, um, a Game Boy Advance port and a DS port. Right. So you basically transfer it to your DS game. And then from there, it can access the internet and go into Pokemon Bank. So not complicated at all. <laughs> no, no, not not in the earlier titles anyway. Well, but yes, in the earlier titles, very complicated. But anyhow, but it's good because when I was younger, I used to I used to try and get all my Pokemon to level hundred, which is like the maximum. So it's nice that I've been able to bring them Pokemon with me to today if I wanted to use them yeah. from when I was about. 10, 11 years old, which is pretty cool. But um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm with Pokemon at the minute. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I've probably sat down on, I think it might have been Wednesday or Wednesday, I think it were. We just had a chill out day and um, I must have played it for about three or four hours. Just got lost in it. Did you but, say it was Scarlet you've got? Yeah, yeah, I'm playing Scarlet. Is there, is there any reason why you why you pick one over the other? Me? The, well, the I, reason, anyone really. But you in um, particular, yeah. Well, Basically, you get a different legendary. So I've got this legendary here at the front, this like dragon-looking bike thing, and the other one's kind of more of a futuristic bike thing. But in this one, there's not too much difference. You both go to a Pokemon school, but your Pokemon school's slightly different because mine's got like a red emblem, and the Scarlet one's got a, a Scarlet emblem. Well, sorry, Violet. Violet emblem. <laughs> I've got Scarlet. Yeah. yeah that one um the school uniforms are slightly different so this school uniform here is like got a blue to it the other one's gray and then obviously the pokemon that are on them games are different as well so your starters are always going to be the same so your three starters the pokemon that you get to pick which one you want to kind of be the first one and then go on from there but there's uh, not fire water and grass yeah that's right yeah yeah and they all come to the right yeah yeah um, but yeah, there's not there's not really too much difference. Just pick the colour that's right for you. Or gemstone if, we're, if they're on that. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. The next game that I've been playing quite a lot of is Sackboy, a big adventure. Hey. So so you play as Sackboy from the Little Big Planet series, as is the name of the game, and. Actually, I didn't know this before Boobs It Up, but it came up with this big, massive silhouette of Sumo Digital. I'm like, yeah, representing, because yeah. Sumo developed it. So, yeah, representing Sheffield there. So, this game, we've not really, well, we've not had a Little Big Planet game since the PS4 version in 2014. So, it's been quite a bit of time. And it's nice that they brought him back, um, because previously they were more 2.5D platformers, but this has moved it into full 3d and in terms of the kind of the scale it it feels a bit like kirby and the forgotten land in terms of like kirby's size the size of the character to the world that you're in um but there is there is a plot to it uh so you live in a place called craft world and a village called loom and at the start of it the sack people as they're called sack people (laughs) are enjoying their lives within the village but they get attacked 
by this evil person called Vex, voiced by Richard Grant, and he plays the character very well. And basically, he comes to the village, rips through the sky, and begins to suck all the sack people up into this hoover in order to enslave them, um, to build his machine called the Topsy Turva machine, so he can take over Craftworld. Oh, no. I know. Do, 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 do. But there's one more thing he needs to cr- create his machine. He needs these things called dreamer orbs. And basically, they're what they're what going to power the machine. And what you have to do is get go through these levels and find these dreamer orbs in or, before he does. Right. Uh, so basically, that's the name of the game. You go through each of these levels. Um, you can get up to five dreamer orbs per level. Some are a bit less, some are, some are more. And then um, at the end, you've got a boss fight, so you can fight Vex and try and stop him. But there are five worlds, so you can't just get rid of him straight away. And each each of the five worlds has their own theme. So firstly, it's kind of, it's like a staging ground, really. So it's kind of like green and lush. And then you move on to like underwater, and there's like an outer space one. Um, this is sort of reminding me of Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Describing it. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is a bit like that. Um, it's to be honest, it's one of the reasons why I decided to buy it because I got I got the itch for the plat for a platformer, and this actually came out as um, a launch title for the uh, PS5 as well. So oh yeah, so it's been out for a good couple of years now. But um, but yeah, re- really enjoyed it so far. Love the platforming aspect. As you go through the world, um, in order to find the dream robs, you do have to go off the beaten track and think a little bit. Because you have to, there are like side sections that you can't see if you just blast through the level. So you have to kind of look around a bit uh, in order to get the dreamer orbs. Because for each section, you have to go, you have to complete every level. But as you collect dreamer orbs, you need a certain amount of them to unlock the boss battle to get to the next world. So need to do that. Um, as you unlock levels in the overworld, um, you can unlock two player levels as well. Um, so okay. you can play together. Um, now I don't have anyone to play with. You can have up to four players at a time though to join your game. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's okay. uh, it's quite collaborative. So there are other levels called the Knitted Knight Trials because that's what Sackboy is trying to become. He's trying to become a, a knight. Uh, <laughs> okay. So as you go through the as you go through the normal levels, you find these kind of these like big square things. And what they allow you to do is unlock these trial levels, which are basically timed kind of, not races as such, but the timed levels. And if you die once, you have to start again. So Again, again this is Astro Playroom. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's those runs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's it, yeah. Um, some of them are incredibly difficult, and I must have tried them about 50 times. I mean, if you, if you complete the level in like 40 seconds or below, you'll get three dreamer orbs um so you can use them levels to kind of build your orb collection up if you feel you need to yeah but um but yeah that it's i say it's quite a nice change of pace but it's it's difficult so it's it's, it's quite good because you have to really like get there as fast as you can you can collect clocks as well that puts the time backwards if you're brave enough to do so mm. but other than that there's also the uh, dress up aspect to it as well because if you've been vigilant on the playstation store you'll notice that there's been a few free things free things for Sackboy boy a big adventure in terms of all the playstation 
franchises. So you can basically download packs so it can look like Aloy. You've got Ratchet Clank. You've got God of War. So I've been like a sock boy. A sock boy. Sock. <laughs> a spin-off. Yeah. I've been sacked by Kratos before. Nice. And Freya and Atreus. Um, who else have we got? Uh, we got The Last of Us as well. So you can be Ellie, Abby, um, Joel, uh, Uncharted. Uh, so you can be Nathan Drake if you want to be. So they're all free on the PlayStation Store. So you can get them and download them. Um, but there's also a store that you can go to called Zoom Zoom Store. Um, so what you another thing that you collect as you're going through the levels is bells. And that's like the currency in-game. So you can use bells to buy like hats, um, shirts, trousers and outfits for your sack boy. And before you go into each level, you can select basically which outfit you want to go in as, or you can totally customise it if you want to. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a a fun game. I think I'm about eight hours in so far. I mean, there's been some levels that have absolutely stumped me. I'm I'm stuck on one at the minute, but I'm I'm just, I think I'm just about to go to the fifth section. So I'm about 80% of the way through the main game. But no, it's, it's it's a really good fun platformer, and um, yeah, you've, you've likened it to Astro's Playroom. It is. I mean, it's it's not as polished because that's how long did that game take about maybe yeah. about two or three hours, I think, weren't it? Something like that. Yeah, maybe four, something like that. But yeah, if yeah. you if you're 100% in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one's probably a 10, 12 hour game. So, but I mean, the plat the platform is really fun. Um, the characters are really zany. And um, yeah, I'm just enjoying enjoying playing it and finding little things. And oh, one thing about it though is the music. Now they've they did sign a lot of artists, so you'll you'll find a lot of songs in there that you actually recognise. Oh right, okay. So uh, from like radio, not like songs like from now. Probably I'd say anywhere but anywhere from 80s music up until probably 2010, 2012 time interesting yeah it's a proper licensed music yeah yeah and some like remixes they're quite cool as well that they've done just for the game i have to say this it's a game that i completely forgot about because yeah. i do remember it when it launched i do remember it and then whatever it, well i got a ps5 a bit later you know? so i think i just forgot about it by that point yeah like, oh I mean, yeah like yeah that but i mean to be honest it didn't now. sell really well at all it's it tanked but it's a, it's a really good game. is that because nobody could get ps5s then it could be. Was the PS4 version? I don't know. Yeah, they it were. Yeah, they brought it out for PS4 as well. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, but you can pick it up for about between twenty and twenty-five quid on PS5. So it's not that expensive now. Yeah, I'm looking to get to that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good game. It's a fun game. And if you enjoyed Astro's Playroom, you'll definitely enjoy Sackboy. I have to say, your jumpers remind me of sad boys as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, like just needs to be style. Bit, just needs to be a bit brown. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll get one of them for next time. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Well, there you go. That's what we've been playing. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. See you later.